It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. My name is John Schmelk, joined today by our whole group. We have Paul Zatino in front of me. We have Jeff Fegels and Lance Meadow on location as we continue our opponent preview series for the upcoming year. We did the Washington Commanders yesterday. We have two more teams, both in the division left to go, the Dallas Cowboys, which will be tomorrow, and then today which are the Philadelphia Eagles. And for guys, just a reminder, too, I know everyone's really excited. The Giants announced they're bringing back their, you know, 80s and 90s uniforms today. I do a nice interview in the Giants Little Podcast with uh, our chief commercial officer, Pete Gwelly, talking about that. So go check that out if you want, and we'll talk about some of that as well um, when we wrap up the show after we're done with our guest, who Dave Spadaro, who covers the Eagles for the team website. Dave, you got a whole crew here with you, Paul Lance and your old buddy Jeff. Hope your summer treated you well because it's about to end. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Really excited. And uh, by the way, I love those Giants uniforms. So I, I think Giants fans are going to love uh, having them back. And, and Eagles fans are looking forward to bringing back the Kelly Green, which which Eagles will be yes. happy about in 2023. So you know, fans love those uniforms, and uh, it's a good way to get things get, get everybody fired up for the season. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And speaking of fired up for the season, I think Eagle fans have a right to be pretty fired up for this year. So I want to get right to it here. I think the roster is really good, uh, both sides of the ball. There's not a lot of weaknesses, so I want to dig into the to the area where I still personally have some questions, and that's the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Where did you see the most growth from him last year, and where do you need to see him specifically take the biggest steps forward for him to be a guy that you and the fan base of the organization believes can lead them all the way? Yeah, I mean, last year was the first year – from the start in his NFL career that he was the guy. So, I mean, you, you know, the Eagles changed their offensive dynamic midway through the season as Nick Sirianni gave up the play-calling duties to Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, and they became a run-first team. And, you know, obviously that requires a quarterback to make good decisions, and I think that's where Dalen made his most progress. Good decision-making in the regular season kept the turnovers down. Very dynamic, accounted for more almost 4,000 yards total offense, 26 touchdowns, uh, was was much better on his timing and his delivery. Then you get to the playoffs, and it was a major, major struggle. I mean, that's kind of where you go, this is where you're going to be exposed. And the Eagles offense and, and Jalen Hurts, they were exposed by Tampa Bay. So, you know, look, this year I think everybody understands that Philadelphia's offensive line is very good getting A.J. Brown to go along with Devontae Smith, outstanding twosome there, running game that led the league in, in ground yards last year, dynamic with his legs. You need to see Jalen Hurts win from the pocket on a consistent basis, and that's the next step for a young quarterback. And we see it all through the league every year that players like Lamar Jackson, excellent in the regular season, struggling in the postseason. Russell Wilson was able to win to show you a complete quarterback. Donovan McNabb was a complete quarterback, didn't win to the extent of winning a Super Bowl. But, you know, mobile quarterbacks, and I've been around here since the days of Randall Cunningham, You ha- that, that will eventually, defenses will eventually 
figure out a way to take that away. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles adjust the offense, how much they move Jalen to give him some good passing lanes. Will they implement more of a short passing game? How much run game will they have? You know, this offense does have a lot of weapons, but ultimately there are going to be times when Jalen Hurts has to win from the pocket, and that's really the next step in his evolution. Let's talk about winning from the pocket for just a second because Gardner Minshew is the backup right now. How much of a leash does Hurts have? Do they look at him as a franchise guy who they have to basically deal with whatever he puts on the field with the thinking that he's going to be the future and we've got to get him to be what we want him to be? Or do they think, you know what, if Hurts falters, you know, we probably are going to go get another franchise guy next year anyway, and we'll put Minshew in to be the bridge for now. Which way do you think the Eagles think? Yeah, I think that those kind of questions are really very, uh, to be respectful, I think they're unfair questions because NFL teams go into a season, obviously you're preparing for every scenario, right? But I think everybody goes in with a lot of optimism about Jalen Hurts, and you don't go into a season thinking about the next year. You go in thinking... You know, what, how can we maximize this season? So I think the mindset is that Jalen Hurts is our quarterback, and, and let's see him develop. And we're pleased with the progress that he made in the spring. And you know, we'll see how that translates to training camp and the preseason. And then when the regular season begins against the Detroit Lions, let's see where Jalen Hurts is, and let's see what this offense can become. We believe in Jalen Hurts. I think that's what the message has been consistently from Nick Sirianni, from Howie Roseman, from the coaching staff. Uh, from the players. We believe in Jalen Hurts. So we'll see. I mean, uh, the, the Eagles, look, they, they've, they've set themselves up pretty nicely here because they've got, in, in 2023, they've got two first-round draft picks. Uh, they've got an extra third-round, uh, rather, an extra second-round pick in 2024. So they do have assets down the line to really stay fluid and to stay as mobile as they possibly can and nimble as they continue to build the roster. But for right now, this is Jalen Hurts' team. It's not a matter of you know, we've got Gardner Minshew waiting in the wings and, and a misstep here or there from Jalen. No, no. They're going in with confidence. And I think every team goes into a season feeling that way or else you really just kind of undermine the quarterback and that player's confidence level. Dave, you talked about the dynamics of the offense and how much it changed last season. And despite the fact that maybe they want to see a little bit more out of Hurts, I mean, the Eagles did have the number one rushing attack in the NFL. That's a nice staple to be able to lean on this season. But when you go back to the limitations of the passing game, how much do you attribute that to perhaps the personnel not delivering for Hurts as much as Hurts needed to step up? Because, for example, the first Eagles-Giants game last season, Rager had an opportunity for two touchdowns, and the ball went right through his hands. Now the arrival of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in year two. How much does the evolution of the receiving core, you think, help Hurts before we even look at what Hurts can do? Oh, yeah. I mean, the offseason the Eagles had, and, and one of the highlights, of course, was trading for A.J. Brown. I mean, that that is just so huge because he's a – He's a different kind of wide receiver. He can take that, you know, the screen, the, the drag route. He can take short passing plays and turn them into big plays with his ability after, after the catch. So I think a physical receiver like A.J. Brown teaming him with Devontae Smith, who's the route runner, the slick, the smooth, the speed, everything that he has, I think it's going to be a handful for defenses. I, I can't imagine a lot of defensive backs uh, backfields with, with two cornerbacks, you can handle those two receivers. So it does change the dynamic. And, again, it goes into how do the coaches 
tailor the game plan now. Now that you've got more personnel and more ability to run any kind of offense, and by the way, this offense, I don't, I don't buy into, hey, it's going to be a run-first team. Hey, they're going to throw the football more. I think it's going to be week-to-week how do we attack a defense because the Eagles, in theory, with a really good offensive line, with an excellent tight end, with really strong wide receivers and a good group in the backfield, they should be able to be flexible and versatile and then make as many adjustments as necessary on a week-to-week basis to win. So it, it may, you know, it's a really good point you make. Uh, Jalen, as the quarterback does, gets the credit, gets the blame. But there were instances last year, and you pointed one out against the Giants, where Jalen made the play, but it wasn't executed all the way through. So, um, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is, is certainly, and, and I hear this a lot, he's got pressure, he's, got, he's under the microscope, well, and I'll offer that every single quarterback in this league has the same kind of pressure. Uh, the, the good news for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles is that as they stand now on paper, there's a lot to work with in this offense. Well, Dave, good, good to talk to you again. I mean, when you look at this offense, obviously you guys have talked a lot about it to the, to the point where there's not much more to talk about. Other than me, I just, one other question I just want to have, and I know that you know, in this league you've got to be able to run the football, and I know that the, the Eagles don't want to go away from that rushing attack because of the fact that they have one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Um, Cam Jurgens is a guy that they drafted in the second round. I know that he's not going to get much time to play behind Jason uh, Kelsey, but give me a little bit of uh, insight on that offensive line and more how is this Eagles team going? Are they going to commit to this run? I know we've talked a little bit about it, but you know they don't want to go away from that. Obviously, they have some good weapons, and Dallas Goddard has not been mentioned in this conversation yet. And throw him in there with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, they they're not going to go away from the run. It's too dynamic. That offensive line is too dominating. And you know when you've got Lane Johnson, who really had a great bounce back season last year, staying healthy, played very well at right tackle. The emergence of Jordan Mailata, a seventh round draft pick, who you know. At, uh, Wow. He's one of the largest human beings I've ever seen. And that's six eight three forty. The future is so bright. Landon Dickerson's a great second round draft pick who wasn't supposed to play last year. All of a sudden, he's in the in the lineup. Kelsey's playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Jurgens, they were just elated to get him in the second round of the draft, um, and he'll train as as a guard and a center. So you know they do think the offensive line is one of the best in the league, and they're going to run the football. And again, if teams are going to load the box, and I really feel like. That may, well, what's the best way to play against this team? Load the box and make Jalen Hurts beat you from the pocket. I mean, I think ideally that is how a defense wants to do it. But certainly the Eagles know that they can ground and pound with the best of them in the NFL as they showed last year. Hey, Jeff, I'm going to yield my question back to you here because I know there's a guy that you loved in the draft yes, please, on the Eagles please. defensive line. Thank you, you John. Go ahead. Thank you got you. it. Hey, Thank whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you're going to still go defense? You're going to go well, defense? What else are we going to talk uh, about? Oh, the I, got, I got an offensive question. Oh. May, Go ahead. may I? Go yeah. Ahead. I'm a big Kenneth Gainwell guy, and I know Scott has burned the Giants a number of times. With Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott, I think the Eagles have themselves a really deep backfield, which, of course, plays well into the fact that you're telling us they want to ground it out. Yeah. Look, they do have a really good backfield. Now, now this, the weird thing with Miles is the talented kid, five yards of carry throughout his career, zero touchdowns last year has had some injuries. He's in the last year of his contract, so he's obviously got a lot to play for. Kenny Gainwell didn't play two seasons ago, sat out the COVID year in college, came back and had a nice rookie season for the Eagles. And they think a lot of him, I mean a lot of him, as a multiple threat running back. And then Boston Scott has been the Giants killer and um, is a versatile guy. What they don't have in the backfield at this point is a thumper, 
but I really believe that, I mean, if you look at the NFL, uh, that is probably the easiest position to find a, a big bruising running back for those situations, uh, short yardage, goal line, etc. So that's maybe an area that the Eagles will consider adding throughout training camp. But, yeah, I mean, this offense, guys, I mean, I, again, it's on paper, and it, we all know that nothing is ever won in the offseason or in training camp, but they really do look like they have a chance to be a complete offense. And the question is a fair one. How far can Jalen Hurts take this offense? I think that's kind of a, the question that's, that's dominating, and I think it's a fair one. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Do Lance, do you have anything else on the offense, or can I no, use I'm the No, I'm good to transition to defense, <laughs> Jeff, so Jeff can go ahead, lead us at, there. Jeff, yes. ask are, about are, your guy. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've, I've, this was my guy, Dave, for the whole draft. I was infatuated from the beginning when they did the – the combine, the numbers that this guy put up with Jordan Davis. Uh, quick question for you, too. Um, obviously, Fletcher Cox is coming back. He's a little long in the tooth. He re-signed with the, with the Eagles. I know he's, he's going to be the starter. Is this a situation where they'll, they'll rotate him in a little bit, or is it going to be one of those things where he's almost like a, you know, a number one draft pick quarterback where they, they let him sit for a little bit and then kind of – I don't see this guy not starting – you know, for he's got to get in this lineup because this guy's a big human being. You talked about uh, Myelata. Sure. This guy's just as big, right? I mean, he is a monster. Yeah, he is. He is. And an yeah, athlete. I mean, I've been around here for a long, long time. Yeah, I've been around here for so long, and, and Jordan is um, an, an eye-opening <laughs> physical specimen, no doubt. <laughs> but the way again, like, again, the way like the way they've constructed it, like on paper, yeah, Fletcher Cox is older, but Javon Hargrave was a Pro Bowler last year. Mm-hmm. Milton Williams was a high draft pick, and they really like him in his second year. And then you get Jordan Davis. So, I mean, the idea is to rotate four defensive tackles. And sure. they all bring a little bit different, move them around the line of scrimmage a little bit maybe, and uh, wear out offensive lines. So Jordan's going to play, but he doesn't have to come in here with the idea that he's got to be an immediate impact player. He may very well be that at some point, but he doesn't have to be. So it's a great situation for Jordan. It's a great situation for the Eagles where he can come in and learn from some strong veterans, uh, and he'll be expected to play, and he'll be expected to contribute, but he doesn't have to change the world in year number one. Yeah, I want to go to the linebackers then uh, here, Dave, because I thought getting N'Kobe Dean where they did, given how his level of play was a steal, uh, assuming his, he's mm-hmm. able to stay in the field and be healthy. Um, Son Reddick, obviously, now in the mix of linebacker. You know, that's kind of been something that's frustrated Eagles fans, is, is the lack of progress at the Eric. linebacker position. <laughs> I, I, and I heard you laugh is because I'm sure because I'm sure you've been hearing that for you know as much as we hear about the offensive line, you hear about the linebackers, right? So, talk to me about that position, what they expect out of Dean, and and how they've tried to transform that unit this off season. Yeah, I mean they really do like Dean. You know, I'll tell you though, I just don't know if he comes in as a starter. I mean they they signed you know, one of the underrated kind of moments in free agency is after that first wave, as you guys know, fans sure. get all excited and then. Later on, there's some players who kind of skip through and, and slide through, and the Eagles feel like they may have gotten one in Kaiser White, who led the Chargers in tackles last year, didn't get the deal that he wanted in free agency, signed a one-year deal here. So I think he and Davion Taylor, a third-round pick three years ago, who was 
making good progress until he got hurt last year. And then N'Kobe Dean, I think they'll all compete for the weak side position. Uh, so that's really promising. But nothing determined yet. Middle linebacker, you've got T.J. Edwards. And then Hassan Reddick comes in, double-digit sacks the last two years on the strong side. Not a, a position that, that we saw last year in Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. In his scheme, we didn't see the strong side linebacker come off the edge a lot. So that is a, an area to watch. Like, how is he going to change things and add Reddick and loosen him up? But if, you know, if you've got the, the pressure package that you feel like you can have inside with, with Cox and with Davis and with uh, Hargrave, etc., and then you've got Brandon Graham coming back from an injury and you've got Josh Sweat, who was an alternate to the Pro Bowl, who eventually ended up playing in the Pro Bowl, along with Reddick, you, know, you do have some weapons there. Derek Barnett, they re-signed um, a, on a two-year deal. Hasn't been the star as a first-round pick, but he's been a tough physical player, and you know again adds more depth for you at defensive end. So, but they're certainly counting on that linebacker crew to make more plays than they have in the past, and they certainly have the personnel now to do it. Reddick is a big-time, proven pass rusher, relentless. Can't wait to see Nicobe Dean. I mean, look, you got to keep him clean. He's not a huge guy, but with the Eagles' defensive tackle situation, there, you know, the idea is that you are able to keep. Dean and White and and uh, or rather Taylor and White uh, clean and let them run to the football. And the Eagles have some speed there. So a group that has been, you know, not particularly well received. The linebacker group has really been overhauled, and I think they're in a position to make a lot more plays from that from that group this year. Yeah, Reddick could be an absolute game changer, Dave. He had double digit sacks each of his last two seasons, and now this is his third team in as many years, and you already talked about the rotation they have up front. Well, a guy they added in the secondary is familiar to all of us who cover the Giants, and that's James Bradbury, who now joins forces with Darius Slay. So they got now two veterans at the cornerback position. What does Bradbury's presence do for a secondary, Dave, where they've had to move guys around at that other position, and we've seen Avante Maddox show some flashes here or there. How much is Bradbury essentially a stabilizing force, you think, to that secondary? Well, I guess I would ask you. I mean, you saw him for, for, for an entire season last year, and all, all I heard was that he had, you know, bad season, and then he, you know, after a Pro Bowl year. I mean, I, I, when, when the Eagles played against the Giants, Bradbury was um, an outstanding player. So, I mean, you tell me, how, how did he play last year? Well, he certainly had his ups and downs. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, I think right now, you look at the Giants' secondary, Dave, to answer your question, they could use James Bradbury. If it didn't come down to money, they could absolutely use his veteran presence given the youth movement back there. So that's why I asked about more of not necessarily what you think Bradbury can do based on what he did last season, but just the fact that it's been a bit of a revolving door in the Eagles' secondary over the last few years and how maybe now they finally have the answer to the compliment to Darius yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I think that's kind of the way the Eagles are looking at it. They, with Bradbury and Slay outside, they can really match up against size. They can match up against speed. Maddox is an excellent nickel cornerback, uh, and that's really where he's best suited. Small, scrappy uh, player. So you know, Bradbury at his best. Bradbury in a defense with what we I, I think everybody believes can be can be a dynamic pass rush. I mean, the Eagles last year defensively was interesting. In in 10 games, 18 points or less allowed. Now, some of that is because there are some quarterbacks in this division. We saw, obviously, some, some challenges at the quarterback position. Uh, they, they, were, they were fifth in the league and fewest in the NFC in, in explosive plays allowed. They didn't blitz a lot. They didn't get to the quarterback a lot. They were 29th in the league 
against uh, rushing the quarterback. So if you can improve that pass rush, which the Eagles think they have done substantially, and you have Slay and you have Bradbury and and you have Maddox in the secondary at cornerback, you know, you really do put yourself in a great position. And, I mean, I, I, again, I, I think the feeling is that Bradbury is still very much a high-quality cornerback in this league who has the size, who has the strength, who works hard, um, who matches up against big physical receivers. You can get slay against the, the speedier guys. Uh, that's a pretty good combination. Experience back there, proven experience, Pro Bowl-level experience. So, I mean, Eagles, and this is, again, post-draft, where they added him, they added Joukowsky Tart from the 49ers to the safety spot, where they feel like they really upgraded with some experience, big game experience, and high playmaking ability. So I think the Eagles feel like they have uh, put themselves in an outstanding position at the quarterback position with Bradbury, who should play off Slay very, very well. You know, the thing about when we're talking to you here, Dave, is that we're hearing a lot of talent on offense. We're hearing a lot of talent on defense. And Lord knows, and Jeff can tell you this, it seems like forever the Eagles have always had very good special teams. So, and I, and I don't expect them to be weak this year. So it sounds like all three units may be in pretty good shape going into the season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, the Eagles' return game has been has has really needed some help. I mean, they really haven't had much uh, to to boast about in the return game. Their punter last year, Aaron Sipos, faltered late in the season, um, but he is the only punter in camp at the moment. So they really want to ride with him. Young guy was last year was his first year in the league as a punter. You know, getting some game experience. Jake Elliott, a Pro Bowl uh, level kicker, um, terrific, really on his game. So. If they can get the return game going, yeah, this special teams can be very, very good. They were they were dynamic in, in some. They had some big blocks last year in the punt game um, that that turned a game a game around in Carolina to help beat the Panthers. Um, so they're a pretty good team. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's 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 amazing. And I will say this about the Eagles: like every team goes through a down period. And after the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, you know they got into the playoffs in 18 and 19, but. It wasn't like you know they were they were really roaring into the playoffs. They kind of struggled both years to get into the playoffs. 2020, they had a bad year. They have a new coach. They get rid of Carson Wentz, and then they bounce right back into the playoffs. And now they are very much on the upswing. And I think that's the sign of an organization that's really excellent. And I think the Eagles are a team on the rise. Um, and you're right. I think they've they've addressed the roster successfully through the offseason. They've been um, extremely uh, uh, intelligent with their with their decision making. They've spent money where they felt was important. They didn't they didn't really go crazy in some positions. I mean, they were in the game for some big name players early in free agency. Didn't get them, uh, with the exception of Reddick. So um, it, it has been a very a very productive offseason. Now, as you know, guys, it's not on paper. You got to put it all together in training sure. camp. You got to stay healthy. You need some good breaks. Uh, and that's where we are right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. But they come into this training camp feeling really, really confident about where they are and the progress that they've made in the last couple of years. Uh, and, and understanding that Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni kept together a team that started 2-5 and five last year, guided them back into the playoffs. And, um, you know, so they're all riding with Nick and, and feeling good about that as well. So it is a team that, that feels like it's heading in the right direction for sure. Well, Dave, last one for me, and then if you guys, you guys can jump with anything else you have. So aside from the quarterback, which you talked about, if there was one area of this team that you would point to heading into the season that you either are worried about or have questions about in camp, where you're still trying to figure out what is it going to look like, maybe this could be a weakness, I'm worried about it. Is there anything besides the quarterback that you could even point to? 
Yeah, I think you'd probably go with safety. I mean, you know, they, they aren't laden with, you know, superstars at safety. Anthony Harris, uh, Marcus Epps, they, they signed Jaquaski Tart from the Niners. I mean, these are not household names. Um, they proven, they've proven to be solid players in the league, Tart and, and Harris for sure. Uh, Epps is somebody that played a lot last year and is, uh, they, they like very much. But, you know, hey, look, you're always looking for, for big names, big plays, superstars. That's not the definition at safety. The Eagles are trying to win back there with solid play, with, with depth, uh, with intelligence. Um, and so we'll see how that, that happens. But, but if you have all the other pieces around you on defense, that, that safety position, you really can have some success there. But I think, it, uh, again, a roster that is, is uh, I mean, objectively very, very talented throughout uh, I would say safety and, and maybe the return game. You know, the Eagles need to eventually here get some help in special teams and, and help themselves in the return game. Uh, but otherwise, it's a it's a pretty darn good looking roster right now. Lance, Jeff, you guys got anything else? Yeah, Dave, no. I, I want to circle back to where we started the conversation about Jalen Hurts because I feel one thing that has not been brought up even nationwide a lot is, and you touched on Nick Sirianni and the job he did, but people forget Hurts year one, he's with. Doug Peterson, completely different offense. So not only is he becoming the full-time starter last season, he's learning now a completely new scheme. And we've dealt with that with Daniel Jones, what happens when you have a revolving door of coaches and coordinators. So how much for the sake of continuity, the fact that he's again working with Sirianni, he's working with Shane Steichen, who you mentioned took over play calling duties, how much do you think that bodes well for him as he continues to develop into a more balanced type of quarterback? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it is important, and this is a crazy fact. Um, throughout his career, uh, throughout his days at Alabama and, and then Oklahoma and now with the Eagles, this is the first time since his high school days that he's had back-to-back seasons with the same offensive coordinator. Pretty crazy, right? Sure. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's, he, he, he comes in way ahead of where he was last year. Um, he came in. He's, he knows where to go with the football. He knows the timing, getting rid of it, accuracy. He's got chemistry developed with with the with the wide receiver crew. So uh, it, it that is one of the reasons the Eagles are bullish on Jalen Hurts. That continuity, the chemistry, the familiarity with the offense. So that is a plus in the mind of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeff, you got something? I heard nope, you pipe I'm up good. before. Nope, You're good. I'm good. Yep. Thank yeah. you, Dave. Yeah, I'm sorry you don't want to do right, like guys. '90s reminiscing about like yeah. Keith well, Byers or know, something like that. No, we only have 30 more minutes. I thought, I thought so. he'd hit me with a punter. I thought he'd hit me with a punter question or something. Well, like, you, you know, know what, Dave? I, you, I try to do that. I try to do that, but then I just when you hang up, I will be the wrath of Khan. People will tell me. Why you keep asking about the punting thing? So it's no big. You actually you came up with it before me, but uh, listen, I know it's a tough position. Somebody's got to do it, right? But you know, when I look at it this Eagles team, I, I you know you're right. I think a lot of it is on paper. It looks great, but you know the bottom line is health and having the ability to put all this together. You know, you got a guy like AJ Brown that comes into that offense. That's a you know an alpha male. I'm wondering how that's going to mesh with Devontae Smith, even though he's a young guy. But you know, there's a lot of talent on that side of the football and. We'll see how the Eagles can put it together. Obviously, yeah. the Giants don't play the Eagles until the 11th of December, so there's going to be a lot of things happening between now and then. So we'll see you guys then. Yeah, and you know the, we're we're all in the NFC East here, and we've talked we talk about this every year. No repeat winners in the division since 0304. <laughs> yep, it's crazy. So every, whatever when, when you when you think you've got the NFC East figured out, you don't, and that's kind of the lesson going into training <laughs> yeah. camp in the regular season. 
Dave, Dave, good stuff. I'm sorry, Lance. You got no, I was else? just going to say, Dave, the reason why Jeff didn't ask you about the punter is because when it's a name that doesn't necessarily look that easy to lay out nationwide <laughs> on paper, he tends to avoid it. So that's the real rationale why he didn't it's give you the point. layup there. I just want point. you to know that. Yeah. It, wow. It, it's Aaron <laughs> The truth There you go. Aaron Aaron Jeff Sipoff. won't scare away yeah. from it moving forward, yeah. I can promise you. Dave, yes. good stuff, my friend. Enjoy your summer, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, take Thanks, care of you, too. Take Dave Spadaro from Bye-bye. the Eagles team site, of course. You can check that out. Uh, good stuff out of him. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about the Eagles the NFC East. But first, as a reminder, Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seating at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets. For more information. All right, I'm going to throw a statement out there. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree. If we swapped Dak Prescott for Jalen Hurts, the Eagles would be the prohibitive favorite to win the NFC East this year. That's a fact. Yeah, no question. That's an absolute fact. Probably, I agree with that, too. Probably, yes. right, so We're all on the same page, then. Yeah, but good I'd, question. I, yeah. Good, good yeah, line, think- good, good receiver, good tight end. You know, and, and, and really, uh, the biggest question to me, guys, and we, we, we kind of went over it with, with Dave, is that I, I feel like they're going to lean on Jalen Hurts to throw the ball. He has to be able to throw the ball. But can he? That's the biggest thing. And I think that I, I'm not a big believer that he can. Well, look, um, he can, but can he do it proficiently, well, efficiently, part of it. And, yes. and, you know, consistently week to week? Because look, he yeah. has the arm talent, right? But can he make the right decisions, Jeff? Can he be yeah. accurate? You know, all those and, types. And of maybe, things. maybe because this is the second year in a system that he hasn't that he's been in for the first time in his career, that maybe that will help him. Um, I hope not, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division. Yeah. So. John, to answer your question, if you upgrade a question mark for the Eagles, you give them the best quarterback sure. in the division. I mean, I think it goes without saying. I also think, and this is why I asked Dave this question, I understand the critique, and a lot of it does belong on Hurts. I don't think he got a great deal of help from the personnel around him in the receiving core at times. I think he, there were times where he made the throws, and they didn't necessarily deliver on the opposite end. So now since that position group has improved, at least on paper, that group stays healthy, I think that also helps elevate this Eagles offense as well. Well, and remember, the Eagles, it's funny, because the Eagles team last year was interesting, right? They tried to pass it a lot early in the year, didn't work. Then they committed to the running game. Then they had a couple games late where they – didn't run the ball as much. Like they, the, I remember the, the first and second game against the Giants. Like if they would just kept running the ball, they probably would have won those oh, games yeah. easily. And they decided to throw it, and then things kind of went sideways. Well, he had for the them. interception in the red zone before the first half. Remember yeah, that? exactly. They had an opportunity to score. Hundred percent. And I, you know, you wonder, is it in Sirianni's nature to be able to stick to that running attack throughout the year? Like, can will he be disciplined enough to do that? Or does Hurts give him enough confidence where he doesn't have to? Because I do think a big part of the Eagles last year, if you take a look at their schedule um, last season, you know, one of the reasons they won all those games is because, quite frankly, their schedule wasn't very difficult. I mean, if you take a look at the games that they won, and I'll roll through them for you right now, these are their wins. Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, Denver. New Orleans, Washington twice, and the Giants. There's not one 500 team in the group. So can they do it, and can Hurts do it, 
Because this is the point Dave made, right? He got to the playoffs against a better team, and all of a sudden he couldn't perform. Can they do what they did last year with the same formula and beat better teams with that formula? I think that's a legitimate question, too. Well, remember, Nick Sirianni, going back to your question about can they run the football, can they do it again consistently, where did he come from, guys? He came from the Colts. Who did he have when he was the coordinator to Frank Reich? He had Jonathan Taylor. Now, you could argue they had the workhorse in Indy. He doesn't necessarily have that in Philly. It's more of a jack-of-all-trades, but they did a heck of a job with three, four different guys, and Dave was bringing up they need maybe that bulldozer. They had him in Jordan Howard last year who filled in when a few of the guys got hurt. They could always bring him back if they need that goal line type of back. So I think he understands the blueprint. He saw that up close and personal in Indianapolis. He was able to get it done. I don't see why he would now all of a sudden completely abandon that run. It would be nonsensical given the fact that they have such a good offensive line and Jalen Hurts is still a young quarterback. So I would think that they should be able to run the football regardless of who they're going up against. I actually look at the defense as also improving, and that may help them compete a little bit better against higher caliber opponents, to your point. Yeah, you know, C. Lance, you just, to me, you just made the key point here, and that is you're talking about a defense that gave up about 22 points a game last season. Uh, they add Hassan Reddick through free agency. They drafted Davis. They drafted Dean. They added Bradbury after he was a Giants cap cut. All of these players could be, in theory, they could be important contributors to an overall Eagles defense that performed admirably well last year. They weren't great, but they were okay. You know, they were they were good enough to give him a winning record. And again, I'll just point this out, though. Remember, Weaker teams. Six points against the Falcons. Yes. Six against Detroit. 13 against Denver. Seven against the Giants. These are teams without quarterbacks. Yes. Being quite frank. But, but, but we're talking about what we think is a better depth chart on defense than they had last uh-huh. year. Especially in the secondary, which has always been their Achilles. No season. question. Yep. So I look at that and I say to myself, well... Can the Eagles go into this season saying we can expect to give up 22 points a game or less, even if the schedule is more difficult? And I think they probably believe that. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And and if they do think that they're only going to give up, let's just say, 20 points a game, let's just cut it off by a couple of points, that does really give Hurts a little more room to breathe. And by the way, yeah, I'm with you. And and just for the record, like their schedule is the same that the Giants have, right? You're playing the NFC North and the AFC South. It, it ain't the NFC West and the AFC West. I'll just kind of leave it for there. Sure. So it isn't exactly a murderer's row of teams rolling through their schedule this year either. Just so, for the record. So, you know, if you believe, you, you know, you'll play to your strengths. And, and if you think teams will average just about 20 a game, well, then you don't have to take as many risks. You don't have to tell Jalen Hurts, uh, you got to throw the ball 28 times a game, 32 times a game. There are going to be a bunch of weeks where you can have him throw it 22 times a game, and you may not have to force him to win a game from the pocket. And that's, that's the position that the Eagles put themselves in to where there'll be plenty of matchups where they don't have to rely on the questionable quarterback. Right, because they're not playing from behind. Well, right. Dave also That's mentioned that. He mentioned the fact that the Eagles probably will go into every game with a different you know game plan accordingly. So that kind of goes to your to your to what you're talking about, uh, Paul. And the fact is that if you have, and I asked him about this running game, I mean, 
this running game is productive. I mean, you've got an offensive line is probably one of the best, if not the best in the league. You're going to rely on that offensive line to produce a good running game for you because there's going to be times when, like you said, they're going to stack the box and they're going to have to, to run against a team. Well, you put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands and let him throw it. Can he do it? Well, I think every week will be different and we'll have to see. But every team in the NFL, if you have a reliable running game, it's certainly will do wonders for your passing game. So I think they've got that going for them, and they've got a you know a slew of, of guys that can run the football. Yeah, and I think their offensive line is deep too, right? And I think that's yeah. another factor here. Like, you got Cam Jurgens. I mean, how many teams can afford to have a first-round pick from 2019 and a second-round pick from 2022 just sitting on your bench as offensive linemen? You still have one of the best lines in the league. Yeah. Andre Dillard, right? Yeah, Dillard, yeah. who has been a bust. I was going to ask Dave about that, but we were running out of time. And then Jurgens this year, a second-round pick. And they have the luxury of leaving. I mean, look, that's what happens when you can draft Jordan Mylott in the seventh round. But it, to have the luxury of having guys like that as backups at key positions like center and tackle, and that's huge. Well, and Kelsey remaining as durable as he's done yeah. over the course of his career, I think, has helped. Because, you know, you could argue Kelsey's around the time where retirement's not out of the question, more of a reason why Jurgens may actually prove to be beneficial, but he's kept all those other centers off the field over the last few years because, I mean, look back. The guys stayed on the field, and that has been critical. So when you have a reliable veteran, you can then afford to, just like when you have a veteran quarterback and you got a young guy, you could sit him behind the veteran because he stays healthy and he still produces. So I think that's been the luxury of the Eagles over the last few years. You know, three-fifths of their starting offensive line between Kelsey, uh, Sayomalo, and Johnson have been there now for a few years. They, they've played together. They've got some continuity. My lot was with them last year, too. He was, yeah, but I'm talking about prior. Sure. You know, at least, at least three years now together. Yep. And, and that's always a factor when you can keep offensive linemen together to form the fabric of that front. I mean, this is, this is exactly one of the problems the Giants have right now in that they've had to rebuild almost their entire offensive line, and they need to find quick chemistry. Eagles don't have as much of a problem there. Not only do they have guys who can play, but they've got three guys who've played together. Mm-hmm. That's, big, that's a big deal. It no, really they're is. good. I mean, look, the Eagles are good. Yeah, we always use that word continuity, right? That's, the, that's some serious continuity. <laughs> well, and then the question and becomes, well too, up front. if Hurts, and I'm with you, Jeff, I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy, and I do think he is an Achilles for them. And but by ha- the way, I'm I'm generally in the same boat as you are. Yeah. All right, but having said that, we've already talked about the depth and the balance on this Eagles roster. I mean, if any one of us were to be asked, can this team still be competitive and win games if Garner Minshew has to play quarterback? I think the answer is they probably can. I think the Eagles have the best backup quarterback in the entire league. I'll yeah, he so definitely can win games. I think, yeah, yeah, I think Minshew is the best security blanket in the NFL. I actually I had this conversation on Sirius the other day. We went team by team. I don't think you can make a stronger case than the position the Eagles are in. You know, maybe Taylor Heineke for Washington, I put him right below that. But I think Minshew can start for any other team right now. And you'd feel at least pretty good. And he proved that when he filled in for Hurts against the Jets last season. I understand it's the Jets. But the bottom line is you've got to be able to step in and produce. And he's done that. No, I agree. Look, I think I think Minshew's a a very good backup. And look, I, yes, I think they can win games, but unless look, it's very hard to be an upper echelon top 7 8 team in this league if your quarterback's not a top 
12 or 15 player. And Hertz isn't there yet. You know, by all accounts, he's a great kid. And, you know, he checks all those boxes. The question is, can he just become, his, to, to Dave's point, a more proficient pocket passer? And if he can, this Eagles team could be a real problem in this division for a while, to be quite honest with you. But it's just going to matter whether or not he can kind of step up and get it done. Well, see, if I'm Philly, to your point, I'd be more concerned if this was year five or year six with Hertz, and you're still asking that yeah, question. It's just year three. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the jury is still out. And he's getting used to, once again, another new offense because he changed coordinators and coaches as he went from year one to year two. So there's at least some wiggle room. As the years go on, if you're still wondering, hey, can we put a game on his shoulders and do we know what we're going to get out of him? Yeah, then I can understand. I think it's too early to say that the Eagles can't get to that point. And I think they could win despite his shortcomings right now. And that's a good position to be in. <laughs> if you still feel you can win games because of your defense, your running game, and other elements around the quarterback, now you just need the quarterback to come and meet the rest of the team. I'd rather be in that position than not have help for my quarterback, have question marks for my quarterback, and hope by rolling out the dice something will click this season. I don't think the Eagles are in that position. I'm still amazed by their depth on the defensive line. Like we always talk about how they just run I was just, just going to go there, John. I was I mean, just going to say that. This is, look, I understand Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are older, and they can yeah. probably only play you know, you know, maybe 40%, 50% of the snaps or whatever. But Javon Hargrave, like, I know fans don't talk about him a lot. He might be better than Cox at this point. Like He's a yeah. really he good a player. He had a standout year last year. Really yeah. good Very player. good player. Derek Barnett, again, to Dave said it, not a superstar, former first-round pick. But a solid two-way defensive end, that's a good player. And then you're rolling out Milton Williams and Jordan Davis, who really complement each other well. Mm. One is more of a three-tech, one is a plugger. And Josh Sweat, he mentioned it, you know, Pro Bowl alternate last year as another end. And he didn't put it in these words. You talk about using Reddick as a pass rusher. Let's be honest, on third down, Sasan Reddick's going to be a defensive end. Like, yeah. he's going to be a defensive end. Yeah. So, my God, man, how many yeah. of these guys well, can you have? The trenches. The Eagles have strong trenches. Yeah, on both sides. Yep. And that's why they are, despite Hertz's possible shortcomings, they are going to be competitive. They have to be. Remember, I mean, the a, trenches are good. Yeah, I mean, that's an organizational philosophy, guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they've had multiple coaches, and they've always had depth at that position. So, I mean, that just speaks volumes of the individuals running that team and what they put value in with the draft because a lot of those guys that you mentioned were drafted and were drafted even before the guys in front of them were done. For example, Milton Williams, they drafted in the third round last year, but, you know, they still had Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, and they brought in Hargrave. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, we got to get Milton Williams on the field or else we're screwed. They believe in having a lot of guys to rotate. That's why when they get to the fourth quarter, they're not huffing and puffing like some other teams. Lance Milton Williams is a secret weapon. I love that kid coming out of school and and was very, very disappointed when I saw the Eagles scap him up. I enjoyed it. But he, he can play. <laughs> Paul was disappointed, but I enjoyed it just to see Paul's reaction. Yeah, you you know. You know, I he know. was one of my guys. I was of, texting you as soon as they picked him. It, 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 it was like <laughs> a punch to the stomach. I said, you've got to be kidding me. That defensive line, and now they add him. And they haven't, you're right, Lance, the luxury of not having to play him yeah. and allowing him to learn and sit back and figure things out. He has talent. I mean, Josh Sweat could start for other teams. Oh, yeah, like probably too. half I mean, the teams. Yeah, I mean, he's a very productive guy. Fourth rounder in 2018. So. Yeah, I mean, he, and if I remember right, he only dropped to the fourth round because of medicals. Like, people knew he was really talented. I think yeah. he had a knee, right? Didn't he have a reconstructed knee? 
if I'm not mistaken. I think he was dealing with something like that. Yeah, I think it was. I think he had a couple of knee surgeries in college, if, if memory serves. I'll have to double check that, but I think that's what it was with Sweat. That I don't remember. You guys have anything else in the Eagles? Otherwise, I want to move on to the uniforms. I mean, but just just think about the defensive line that they have and the defensive line Washington has. We talked about them yesterday. Yep. I mean, you know, this is why, okay, it's imperative that the Giants' O-line comes together this year, and I know they're fortunate that they don't play a lot of these division games until the end of the season. Yeah, the Eagles, by the way, okay. actually have, have division games early in the year. They play Washington twice and Dallas within their first 10 weeks, so they have more early division games than the Giants do. Po- point is, you, you can't afford lapses up front in this division. Yeah, yeah they're going to get your quarterback killed. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta protect. All right. You're not gonna be able to run the ball no. too. Yeah, Paul. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, all that together. I mean, you look at you just go through this NFC East and look at the, what we just talked about. I mean, it's it it's a murderous row of defensive linemen. I mean, it's just crazy. So, and I think the Giants have done themselves uh, a good job at finding some guys that are going to be able to compete and and go into these games and help the running game because certainly we're looking we're looking forward to a healthy running game, right, guys? I mean, you got. Saquon coming back, he's going to be completely healthy. You've got, you know, hopefully uh, Thomas is going to be okay, and this offensive line is going to put up or shut up. I mean, they're going to have to go out there and, and concentrate on getting this done because they are going to run into some serious competition across from that football in this division. All right, guys, uh, Giants made a big announcement today. Yeah, Let's love get it. to that, but first, reminder, if you want to go check out those uniforms and experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games, world-class concerts in 2022, become a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. 888-NYG-1925. Give them a call or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. So the blue, white, red trim jerseys are back. They were the jerseys the Giants wore from uh, the, the 80s through 1999. And it was the look that I grew up with. That, that obviously is, is, is what they wore when I grew up um, watching Giants football. And I love the look of them. I know probably Jeff and Paul, you guys have pretty strong feelings. So mm-hmm. either one of you guys can kind of take this wherever you want to take it. Well, well it, it's the Sims LT jersey mm-hmm. and helmet. That, that, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. I know that it extended – through the decade of the 90s. No, but when you think of those jerseys, those You the think guys of Sims and LT. That's correct, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, that, that's that's the era, the Parcells era, if you will. So I think that's really cool. Of course, uh, you know, we have seen a very similar throwback the last few years on those Color Rush night games where the Giants went with the road version, the white version of yes. white with white. And the and, Giants' uh, word on the helmets. And, and I... And I I don't know if it's in the official yet, but there's a good chance those will be back in some capacity this year as well. Okay, I had not heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some minuscule tweaks, like the blue is a little bit of a different tint of blue. For those of you who are very technical, you know, every color has a number because they're all digitized now because mm-hmm. of scientific uh, methods that we can use to establish the color scale. So there, there, Yeah, there are, some, there are some tweaks there with the blue. Nope, the color, the color scale is exactly the same. Uh, I'm talking about the helmet. No, the navy, navy helmet, same color. No, they're not. They're uh, yeah, they're using that helmet instead of the blue helmet we've been using. Oh, correct. Yes, yes, yes. The the bl- yes, blue. the blue yeah. helmet yes. with the white color rush. Yes. is the newer, lighter blue as yes. compared to the darker navy ones with yeah. these. Correct. correct. I'm sorry, Paul. My correct. Bad. Yeah, you're well, right. over the years, uh, the Giants blue helmet has changed. If you go back to the Tittle and Tarkington era, it was more of a midnight blue. It was like Yankee blue, very much yeah. so. Mm-hmm. And then it became more of a little bit more of a deeper navy. They kind of changed, tweaked it a bit. 
And then as we got to the Parcells era, the blue became a little more of a royal. You is, mean that a, is that a fair? You mean the Coughlin era? I'm mean, the Coughlin yes, era. Coughlin it became more of a royal. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I think, I, and, and with a little metallic speckle in it too, in the helmet. Yeah, a little chromy. Which they did not used to have. It used to be a regular finish mm-hmm. in, in back in the day with the Parcells team. So these are all kinds of little things that you'll notice, little idiosyncrasies. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. I mean, listen, I I I, rem- I played in these in this in these against these uniforms, right? So that in my mind, that's what I see. I see the old Giant Stadium. I see the East Rutherford. You know, remember in the middle of the field, the the old AstroTurf, the the Meadowlands logo that was in yeah. the middle yeah, of the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was red with the white map in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, in the middle, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, you know, when I see those, the Giants name on the side of the helmet, those are the things that remind me. Because remember, this guy's and Jeff. By the way, I'm not sure if you saw, but yeah. they're, but they're going to bring back the red end zones with the blue Giants I, across. I was too. just going there. I was just going to say I loved <laughs> the, the the end zones. And here's the other thing that I remember is that if you got, I played well, obviously with the with the Patriots for the first couple of years. So that really wasn't a big deal AFC. But then when I went to Philly, you know, I played them for four years. And then I went to the Cardinals, who, by the way, was in the NFC East at that point in time. So, yep. you know, for eight years straight, I was playing against those lo- that logo and that, that stadium and those uniforms. And, I, by the way, I always – and I, this is a crazy thing to say, but I always loved playing at Giants Stadium. I don't know why, but I did. And I think it was just because of, of the history and the nostalgia, all the stuff that goes into those uniforms that they're coming back with this year. I can't wait to see them. Now, bring back a lot of memories. To Paul's point, the – and, again, if you want to sign all the details about this, I talked to Pete Gwelly, who's our chief commercial officer on the Giants Huddle Podcast. Go check it out. All the details on all the, the details. Now – the, you know, the, the blue in the jerseys might look a little bit different than what they did then. The blue color is actually the same, but it's kind of a modern recreation because the fabric itself yeah. is so different. Yeah. It's even though, literally, <laughs> guys, when I say the specifications, <laughs> when, when I say the specifications on color palette are, are exactly what they were, it's exactly what they were. But the fact that it's a different fabric with the jersey might make them look like a more kind of modern version and make them look a little bit different. The technology yeah. of the fabric has changed over the years, and they can't get it exactly to come out like the computer says it should. Right. You know? Uh, I think one of the interesting things, too, John, maybe you talked to Pete about this. Did he tell you about the face masks? Oh, yeah, they're white. Yeah, yeah. they're going mm-hmm. back to the white face masks. You know, the Giants have been using the gray now uh, for, for for a long time. Well, I think well, well the gray is going to stay with the normal jerseys, just the new Yeah, well, when they the sh- when they throw yeah. the throwbacks on, they're going to the white ones. And the throwbacks, by the way, the fans that, that care, you can go get your tickets. It's the Bears game and the Washington game. So those are the two games that they'll be wearing the legacy jerseys. Nice. That'd be great. Lance, Lance, I know you love the uniform stuff. You want to add anything here? (laughs) Well, I mean, clearly you know, and I've been doing studies over the last (laughs) decades, that what you wear on the field is indicative of what the result of the game is going to be. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, clearly that data will be released on my Twitter handle. I think it's too overly emotional for me to reveal it here on the show. So that's a little teaser if everybody will stay tuned on Twitter. Lance, as long as you are in a research mode. Shockingly, Lance the Automaton has no emotional attachment to anything that Well, I mean, once again... I just I don't understand the people getting overworked over uniforms of all things. I just I've never had the affinity of uniforms. It's, it's, just, what it is. it's an emotional feel. That's it all not it is. Uniforms. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. You know, it's about how you play, not how you look. I'm the last time I for your own edification, since yes. you are a research man, uh, Lance. There was a time, and I lost track of this a long time ago, because the NFL and its marketing arm decided. 
for the last several years that teams would be having these alternate jerseys and throwback jerseys. And so there are too many to keep track of. And, and so I lost track of it over time. But there was a segment of time where the NFL, believe it or not, found that changing your uniform was almost guaranteed of making the playoffs that year. It was a crazy coincidence where, in fact, if you recall. Are you in, sure it was yes. a coincidence? Well, in 2000, the Giants went back to the NY oh, yes. and they went to the Super Bowl that yes. year. That was not the only team that did that. There was a stretch of time where. Superhuman powers. It for some game. crazy yeah. coincidence. Hey, remember, remember hey. the, didn't a the bunch Bucks, of teams did that. Didn't the Bucks go to the Super Bucks Bowl did right the same after thing. they changed there? And I yes, believe sir. the Broncos went with Elway and yes, Terrell Davis did. right after they that changed theirs. Uh, those, huh. those, those I remember to be true, but there were, there were a few others, and it was, it was viewed, it was a collective group of them over a given period of time, and so people would laugh. You know, in joke, and I'm sure Lance was in on that. Oh, why don't you just oh, change your uniform? Because yes. now you go to the playoffs next year. Yeah, uh, but, no, anyway. but keep in mind, those changes, though, just so we're clear, that was for an entire season, not just a Correct. legacy game here or there. Correct. Okay, there's a distinct difference. It's one thing to change your uniform for all 17 games. It's another thing to do what, remember, the NFL, when the Thursday night game started, remember, everybody had these special uniforms. Remember, we had the ketchup versus mustard game, if you remember. <laughs> oh, my Everybody goodness. was making a big deal about that. How about that? the bumblebees? So, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, once again, I know. I think it's a crutch that people hold on to to make excuses. I'll tell you what, That's though. Essentially what dollar sign. I dollar think signs, every one hundred percent, Jeff. No every franchise in existence would gladly change their uniforms to whatever it is that people wanted them to do if they knew they could win. Because <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what, if there was any correlation to it, you got to buy it. So, Paul, let me ask you then: <laughs> you personal, personally, you've been watching the Giants since the twenties. What is <laughs> what is your the teens? Actually, the teens. Come on, let, let's be honest. The teens. Oh, I, well, they were playing in the teens last. Well, he, he, he was still simulating his own games back then. Come on, John. Oh my God! Your favorite Giants uniform? My favorite Giants uniform, probably because I grew up with Fran Tarkenton. The leather helmets. No Tarkenton's not that old. I know to you he is. I'm sure Tarkin at the start of his career had leather helmets, no? No. He didn't? Come on. Tarkin came to the Giants in 67 no, and a I trade know. from the Vikes. No, I know. I'm saying when he started his career with his prior organization. No, leather helmets were like back in the 40s, 40s or something. yeah, right? That's way, way yeah, back. Yeah, but they had legacy games in the 60s. Where they <laughs> oh, <brought them. laughs> my God. <laughs> Paul was there. He'll tell us all wow. about it. Stay anyway, tuned. This is an no, extended but, version. But I think we'll kick off live. Yeah. No, the, yeah. the, 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 the answer for me um, is probably the 1970 Giants uniform. Because that was Tarkenton and Ron Johnson Even and Bob Tucker. they didn't Tucker win any games? Like they, they were 9-5. Yeah, for one season. Yes. Look. And and had they not lost to the Rams 31-3 at uh, Yankee Stadium when Gogolak kicked a field goal, then the Rams scored 31 straight points to beat them, and they missed the playoffs in a wild card because of that loss and finished 9-5. and five. Uh, That was a hell of a season. Ron Johnson ran for 1,000 yards. Bob Tucker, uh, Spider Lockhart, and Gogo. And I love that team. But my point is this. That was the first year the Giants put names on the backs of their jerseys. Ooh, okay. okay. So you had the classic... NY on the helmets, which started with Tittle in 61. And then when they got to 70, they decided we're going to add names to the backs of the jerseys. And, you know, as a young kid, I was six at the time. 
And I was, you know, love these guys, the guys I was just rattling off, Lockhart and Johnson and Tucker and Gogolak and Targeted. It was always a thrill to not only watch them on TV, but then to see their names on the backs. Because now you didn't have to worry about identifying anybody anymore. The names were on the jerseys. So you were lazy. No, but it was I'm just, no, at, at six I'm years kidding. old. Paul, I'm kidding. I know. I, yes. you know, I couldn't memorize, <laughs> yes. I couldn't memorize every single number of the entire roster. Well, of course, so it was really helpful to have the names. So I guess because of that, as a throwback to my childhood, the 1970 jersey is the one that kind of yeah. sticks with me. Jeff, different question for you. Favorite NFL jersey you've ever worn that you just like the aesthetics of for all the different teams and jerseys you've worn over the course of your career? Which was your favorite? Mm. Well, I didn't like the Seahawks, that's for sure. They were just uh, god-awful ugly with the neon, all that stuff. Although I did wear the, the old uniform, and I didn't like that one either. Okay, so um, Seahawks so, are the last ones. Okay. All right, so I will tell you it's going to be either the Giants or the Cardinals because I'm kind of an old school. I like the old school uniforms, and I, and I actually – this I, is probably going to surprise you, but I actually I like the Cardinal uniforms the best. I like red. Really? Okay. I like the white pants, and I like the white helmet with the Cardinal. I, I really like that a lot. And a close second, obviously, would be the Giants. But the Eagles ones, I could not stand the Eagles helmets and the, those colors. They just didn't look good on me. Um, How about then, the Patriots? Because when you were the, when you were at the Patriots, didn't they have the red jerseys with the white hat and we the did. We, Colonial? And by I, the way, I, I think I they're like bringing those, those back this year, too. I think they are, too, yeah. So, yeah, yeah Brady nickname, actually tweeted right? about that. He was oh, mad that they're bringing it back now that he's gone, I think. <laughs> the yeah. Minuteman. The Minuteman on the... <laughs> yeah, on the, Pat. Uh, His yep. name was Pat. Yep. So Pat I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. I like the Cardinals. I, I, Pat I, I the really Patriot. Pat Cardinals, no, Giants, Pat, and then... Pat the Minuteman. Now it's Pat Patriot. Well, oh, now it see? Is. Now it is. That, was that makes more sense. That's alliterative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it well. should be Pat the Patriot. But you know the funny. I'm the, sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to cut off. Your no, that's okay. I don't have yes. a lot to say. Well, and, really and, 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 and by the way, the reason all this is happening for the folks that don't understand, and, I, and again, I, I get into it with with Pete on the Giants huddle. The NFL in for the past five or six years did not allow teams to introduce a second helmet during the year, so the team could only wear the one helmet. You could change the decal on the helmet. Like the Giants did, they went from the NY mm -hmm. to the Giants script, but you couldn't physically have two different helmets. That rule got changed this year, so that's why you're going to see some of these old school helmets get reintroduced. Now we saw it when they did the anniversary year; they kind of rotated in. Like remember when the Steelers had like had like their jailhouse uniforms and they had the weird helmet, but then they got rid of that because it was for safety purposes, right? Because you didn't want to have to have two types of helmets. Now you're allowed to do it again. So I imagine you're going to see a lot of these kind of throwback. You know, maybe Dallas will wear the white. Remember they, they had the white ones with the Navy star, which were kind of cool Don on Meredith. Thanksgiving. I like those. Those are nice. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of their old school helmets. So you, the Chargers, they had the white one and the Navy one with mm -hmm. the bolt. So I imagine some of those old school helmets will, will probably be making an appearance uh, around the That will the be very interesting. Yeah. The Bengals used to just have the word Bengals on an orange helmet. That's all it was. When was that? I don't remember that. The 70s. Okay. Well, yeah. I wasn't born yet. Here's, the, here's the thing. Um, just please, none of this all monochrome black ninja. All right? Can we just, like, do away with those? I hope nobody. You mean what nobody, the Panthers are doing? You're talking about? Wait, are, are they are really? Doing, are I, they isn't Carolina doing something like helmet. that? I believe yeah. so, yeah. They have yeah, a black they, helmet, yeah. Well, yeah, but are, 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 like, the numbers black, too, and everything? Or no? I don't know if the numbers are black, but I, I thought the jer Jeff, isn't the, the jersey black, and too? The I just black. know yeah. that it was about the helmet. That's all I, 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 I heard about. I thought the jersey stuff. was black. Well, black jersey. Black Look, the it. Pittsburgh Steelers have had black jerseys for years. That doesn't bother yeah. me. I'm talking about head-to-toe 
from the neck down to the toes, the black ninjas that the Philadelphia Eagles wear. Forget about it, man. The Jets have done that too over well, the course of time. What is head to toe? They have white numbers. The Eagles. Black you know what arms. I mean. The, the the primary color is black, head to toe. It's just it, it, the, the ninja outfits. They're, they're horrible. They should never be worn again by any team. The red end zones are going to be classic. Wait till those. The, 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 the end zones, Jeff. Yeah. That's see. That's a big. I, I'm a big uh, fan of the end you know zones. What? The only thing the Panthers change it. Did they go away from their black uniforms? Have they been wearing their blues or are they blacks with with their two uniforms? Again, like I, I, talk, I can't I keep like track they're anymore. They're wearing their blues a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Well, well, this this looks like their traditional black uniform. They're just wearing black pants with with the black jersey well, with well, the white numbers and the blue trims. So. While we're on uniforms, can I just digress for half a second? Yeah, sure. The Major League Baseball uh, yeah, All Star Game you, was a joke. I saw you ranting about that. The American League wearing charcoal gray. Okay. Tops and pants, all right? So it's 90-something degrees in the middle of July. And by the way, it's in the, California. It's the west coast of the sun still out when the game started. It's yeah. absolutely baking. Why and they it? tell these guys, you're going to wear dark charcoal gray head to toe. Brilliant move, Major League What's Baseball. What's silly for me is it's not like, you know, <laughs> you're going to confuse guys on your team like in a basketball or, or a football game. Just let the guys wear their regular uniforms, That's right? That's what they used to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. They used to wear their Absolutely. team jerseys. It was well, great. No, we got to have all-star uniforms so that we can merchandise it. People can buy them. Come on. <laughs> give me a freaking break. I'll tell you what I do with those uniforms. Go right to the birdcage. <laughs> Do you want I'm me to just actually? Outraged. Do you want me to yeah. actually carry your soapbox out of the room for it, or do, I'm just, or do you want to bring I'm it out just, yourself? I'm just, I'm just giving you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. That's exactly how I feel. I wear it I, on my sleeve, John. Speaking of uniforms, I wear I it on my sleeve. I'm not going to yes, pull punches. Do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow, we have major issues in this country. Tomorrow, tomorrow that's the top of the list. Yes. Tomorrow, no uniform talk tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, we're going to have Vicky Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com. Uh, Jeff has a special appointment tomorrow that we can talk about at a later time. But uh, Lance and I will be handling the uh, Cowboys a preview. Very special. Appointment. Very special appointment. <laughs> yes. uh, Lance and I will be handling the Cowboys preview tomorrow. It'll probably be posted by one o'clock or so tomorrow. Make sure you check that out. Then Friday, I'm thinking since we haven't taken calls, and I'll put some. You all of us should put this up on Twitter at some point the next day or two. Why don't we? Take a bunch of Twitter questions. Why don't we just put it out there? Okay. Have fans submit questions, and we can just do an all-question, Twitter question show on Friday since we haven't taken calls in a few weeks. And Good please idea. have That's them all fine. be about the uniforms. Yes, absolutely. We all can. the uniforms. Focus, <laughs> theme, uniforms. Yes. Questions so, about uniforms. So if everybody, if all, everybody here can put that out there to send them the questions to hashtag Giants Chat and just attach all our handles to it, get the questions in, and we will answer those questions for you on Friday's show. And then next week, uh, Trent. Tree camp starts on Wednesday, I believe, right? If I'm not let's mistaken. Let's go. Let's go. So let's let's rock and roll. For Paul Dettino, for Lance Meadow, for Jeff Fegels, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.